El recuerdo? El hope so. Sí, es bueno. Hi, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm with Ron Richards. Hey. And Josh Flanagan. Yes, hello. Hello. We, uh, we all run iFanboy.com, and every week we read our comics, and one of us picks the best book they read that week. This week, Josh had the pick. I did, uh, and I had, I had for myself a, a big week for Josh, which uh, is normally like three four books, right? No. I think I had, let's see, six, I had seven or eight books this week. Did you Which skip a week? Me. Huh? Did you skip no, a week? No, that does I did skip a week, but that doesn't count the ones from last week. But I only had one book last week. Okay. It was 100 Bullets, and I care about so much that I haven't even read it yet. <laughs> I'm real close. I'm right on the edge with that one. Um, so the thing is, uh, this week I had a bunch of books, uh, and uh, it was good books, too. Uh, it was Runaways. Uh, Ex Machina was a really good one. Uh, Lucifer. Uh and uh, my pick was Strangers in Paradise, number 79. Um, and I, I, this is the first time this has popped up on a podcast, but it's popped up lots of times in the, uh, in the past. Um, and at the very, sort of my, the way that I wrote it up, and, and the thing that's it's striking is that the, the, he's announced the end of the series um, after sort of, I don't know how many issues there are in all. Ron, do you know? Uh, I don't know offhand. It's, it's well over a hundred. Yeah, there's point. three volumes. Yeah. This will be this will end at issue ninety of the third volume. I think there's probably ten or twelve yeah. in the first one, or twenty in the second one, or something like that. But um, that's a big deal because uh, I've been with this book for not too long, probably four or five years now, um, and uh, it, it's a very important book to me. I really like the story, and I know that there's lots and lots and lots and lots of people around. Uh, who Why don't you the tell way. the uh, kids what it's about briefly overall? I don't have enough time. Well, just just <laughs> you can sum the it basic up, premise I mean, is. You know what? It's funny. One of the things I like about this book is that if you were to ask me the basic premise, I don't know. I couldn't give you a two line. I couldn't give you like a, a, a log line. But I would say that there's the the center of it is these two girls from a small town in Texas. And Ron, you're gonna have to like you're gonna tell me what I get wrong here. Uh, okay. For, 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 first of all, they're from Houston. But okay, go on. Small town. Oh, okay. Small town. Okay, that's it's a city. It's a, it's a major demo. I know, but I tend to think the the beginning of them is them in a suburb, right? Whatever. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're in a suburb, suburb right. of Houston. You know yeah, I've, I've never I've, been to Houston, but but I don't think I don't think Houston is is like our sprawling metropolis of Manhattan. It's, so I, don't I, think, yeah. I think of everything in Texas is small. Apparently, I think that's what it was. Even Texas, which is funny, funny because big in Texas. <laughs> yeah, just gonna say <laughs> everything. Well, they're large people in a small town. Listen, don't mess with them. I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with Texas. Bigger in France. <laughs> um anyway uh and there's various like they kind of love each other but it's they're two not women really gay and they kind of all well, are. I, th- I think i mean not, if, it's if, not what's important though it's about the love between the people uh and then eventually they meet this other person david and there's this relationship between these three people that has this very interesting dynamic and you find out that kachu has this really strange past of, of all these you know all this stuff that happens to her, where she's like an international prostitute, spy, crime lord, which what? sounds ridiculous. Isn't it that does right? Sound ridiculous. Well, it sounds—it sounds like someone who doesn't who hasn't read the book. <laughs> I told you I can't. I, 
I don't know how to summarize it. Ron, Ron, no, what's, I mean, uh, Strangers in Paradise, Ron why don't you summarize it? Strangers in Paradise is the story of two of two best friends um, who, as Joss mentioned, there is a great love between them, but it's not sexual, but sometimes it is, but it's not, you know, but it's it's overarching, you know, kind of more emotional. At heart, it's a, it's a relationship book. Uh, the character David that Josh mentioned um, comes in, and he's in love with uh, the two. The two women are Francine and Cachou. Francine is very straight laced, very middle America. Very, you know, she has an. She is a little overweight, and she fights with that because she trying to live up to this American ideal of what a woman should be, and thin and beautiful, and with a great man, and get married and have two point five kids. While Cachou is the exact opposite of her. She's a free spirit. She's an artist. Um, she, you know, she sleeps with men and women. She, you know, and and the, even though they're so opposite. They do fall in love, um, and then there's a the character David who um, is in love with Cachou, so it becomes very complicated. But that is all kind of backdrop to a lot of the you know intrigue and kind of drama that is associated with Cachou's past, where she was a call girl, um, a high price call girl. I don't know if international, but um, she was a. I'm sure she, she slept with somebody from a different country. Right, <laughs> or in another country. It's very possible. Um, she and and turns out that she um, then through that she became associated with a um, th- with a crime family of um, uh, that's run by a woman that's very kind of pro women um, who happened to be the head of that happened to be David's sister and so it's all very mixed and tied in together and it's very like Josh said it's complicated to describe to everyone but it unfolds through the telling of their relationship and so it makes a lot more sense when you read it but a lot of it has to do with people's past catching up with them and and trying to run from the past, but then also trying to resolve it and trying to do the right thing and just trying to get out on the other side in one piece and with the people that you love. That was much better than what I did. Yeah. However, Thank you. you pretty much still said what I said. She's not a spy. That's the only, I got that. I went a little James Bond with that, but I wasn't supposed to. But besides yeah. that, but at the same time, like that makes it sound very big, but it's yeah. not. It's, it's, it's a lot of anything. series of small personal moments in addition to that, which make it seem very down to earth, like people you know, or, or you know, it's 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 not a big book. It's not like people a big people book worship this book. Well, and I, I think I think a, a large part of that is because of the way that it's it, the way that it's written and, and the voice that it's coming from. I mean, T- Terry Moore, the creator, is is one of the most personable affable, nice people you'll probably ever meet. I mean, he's very gracious, he's very thankful for the success that he's had, and he loves his fan base, um, and it, it that comes through in every word and every every page he draws and every page, every word that he writes. It's just, it's, it's honestly, it's one of those, I think, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying that I think Strangers in Paradise might go down as one of the best independent comics of all time. I think you know? so, and the, I think one of the other things about the story that is that it is, it, it's not like any other comic book, but it completely lends itself like this story wouldn't exist in the same way in another form in a different yeah. in a different medium it it wouldn't be the same it doesn't exist that way and so right. because of that these are all the things and, and you know as a person who loves comic books it's really it's really heartening to see somebody use the medium like this now, now, did you pick it this week because of this? Because because of this issue on it, so like, like, would you pick this issue regardless of the fact of the announcement that it's ending? Or yeah, yeah, I would. Okay. I actually really enjoyed the last issue where um, Casey and David got together, which sort of marked a, it sort of subtly marked a big turn in things. Yeah. Um, and then this issue was a very small uh, sort of issue. It was it was about actually the other thing that happened was Kachu and Francine got back together. As friends, because they hadn't talked in a really they long had a falling time. out, yeah, and yeah. so that happened last time. And then this time, it you know, it's just like I just felt like we were glimpsing in on everybody's lives, and it felt to me as if when the you know, this is going to be the most lame metaphor ever, but like 
if you watch the tide sort of go out and you know it's about to come back in and there's going to be a big wave, this was that right. this was that inhale, that drawing out of everything before the final run up to the rest of the series. Oh. This is the calm before the storm. How many Very more issues are there so. going to be? Uh, Eleven more. Um, yeah. So about a, another, another year. year of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I got to tell you, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, you know, like it's, I'm torn with the the ending of this because on one hand, it it, it reminds me of when nine hundred two and I went off the air and okay, laugh, make fun of me, whatever. <laughs> but I it, laugh. It's it's the kind of thing. It's the kind of thing where I got I've gotten so used to it in my life that I don't know what is going to happen when it's not there once a month. But at the same time, I just, you know, like you want it to go out on a high note. You want it to go out with dignity as opposed to get dragged out and, and go on for too long. And it can't go on forever. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that, and that's the thing is that, I mean, like it's, it's, I've been, I've been reading this book. I got the, I got issue number seven from volume two. And so given that volume one was four, four issues, you know, so I, I was only, you know, 11 books into it. 11, you know, like, so I got, got onto it pretty early. Oddly enough from Wizard. I read a profile in it in Wizard. That's weird. Which is weird, you know, um, but, um, which is great. And I, I went and I sought it out. I remember going, looking for it in Hanley's Universe in Manhattan and finding it and just feeling like it was like this little corner of comics that, that nobody really else knew about or cared about that just completely connected with and you completely fell in love with and felt like it was done, like he was writing this comic for you when you read it. And that's what everybody else feels like. So it's, I mean, it obviously it's... I don't have a lot of experience with the book, but I remember going with Ron to Terry Moore's panel in San Diego a few years ago and I'd never seen such devotion in a droid. I mean, in a, uh, (laughs) in an audience before. It was just, it was, it was like... You could see it in their eyes. It was almost like a religious experience. The people, oh in the yeah, because it, it was really weird. How many panels at San Diego? For anybody's ever, gonna, how many panels does like when the person goes up to the podium? Does everyone just basically just quiet down and just let him ramble for an hour, and then you know, like, and are, are polite and like, and they then they stayed after for so long. And it, it was, was just like, that. Like, I mean, I was I, I when I'm in those panels, I you know often check out the audience to see the reaction to the crowd. And, sure, the reactions. Right, 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 and. Uh, <laughs> It was it was Raph's attention. I mean, it wasn't. It yeah. was like hanging on every word he said, and he was he was really good. He was really funny and really personable, and well, as Ron said before. But I had never seen a fandom like that before. Yeah, he's a, he's a great. I mean, he's a and great it's a guy. very varied audience. As you look back over yeah. it, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and, and the thing is that you, you would think that, I mean, you would think that, okay, it's about two girls who are in love with each other, so you think a lot of chicks would be drawn to it, which they are, you know. And then it's it's plays with you know, homosexuality in a very positive light. It's won awards from GLAAD and all this kind of stuff. So you think that it draws in a lot of that kind of alternative, kind of, you know, San Francisco, San Francisco, Ithaca kind of crowd, which it does. But then at the same time, there are people like us who are, you know, basically pretty much, you know, kind of superhero-y, you know, not, you know, not, you know, I, admittedly I have a penchant for the real relationship you know, TV melodrama, that sort of stuff. But also, you know, like half the books I bought are have all capes and superheroes and stuff. You know, so it's it draws. Actually, in you said seventy lo- percent, whatever it was. <laughs> um, so it it does draw in a lot of that crowd because I think it boils down to it that it is good characterization and fantastic storytelling, beautiful art too. And that's, that's yeah, the one art of the is other great. Yeah, it's he does he does he does these personal facial expressions uh, in a way that I, I don't think anybody else does. He, he's, he's great facial expressions, very simple, clean lines. And the other thing that he can do um, is that the book's in black and white, and it's all very nice lines, but I know what everybody, I know who everybody is from looking at them, um, which we've had a problem. You, you you that's that an, underrated, that's an underrated skill in comics. Yes, it is. I, these, these people have real faces. 
and yep. they're consistent, and I, I know them, and I recognize them, and they're black and white. And he's got a scene here with Casey and um, Kachu, and they're both wearing black shirts, and they both have blonde hair. And I know who's who from looking at yep. it because I know Kachu's face just like a person. And that is that's very that's very different. And the shape. and not o- not only are they unique, but but again they're they're realistic in that you know it plays you know like Francine's a little overweight and Kachu you know like can people get beat up and like you really see it's a realistic comic portrayal of people you know in terms of physical appearance. Yep. Yep. So, um, so it's 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 a great book and it's ending and it looks like something really bad is going to happen to one of the main characters very soon. Um, well, it has to. It's you know catharsis type thing. Yeah. So. Uh, but uh, so, yeah. well, it's, that's going to be a big moment when the book ends. I mean, that's yeah. that's a big book for the industry. Yeah, it's funny because the the page he wrote it's the very last page on the inside of the cover. That he drew like a little postcard or something, and he says, "You know, your reader, the time has come to make it official. I'm going to end this at this point." And the next page is black. <laughs> it's, just, it's weird. He's good at that. He he play he plays stuff like that really yeah, well. He does. You know, and you know you know that he sat at home and talked to his wife, and like this must have been gut wrenching. Mm. Because, because you know, like, because like, I think it's, a, I think it's really a testament. Apparently, you know, HBO came calling to do a uh, animated series with it, to do a live action series with it. You know, he's been talking to people on and off about doing a movie, and nothing has ever come to fruition because he's never wanted to compromise his creative vision. Well, he talks which, when he talks, he talks about them like they're actual people. So the book is ending. How can somebody get into it without it seeming too daunting? Well, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, well, you can either go and pick up the, the myriad trades. Uh, there's actually really beautiful hardcover books too. If, if you know, and I'm so I, I I stopped buying the trades when I caught up on the issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just got all the issues, you know. But there's so many times where I've been so tempted to get all the trades, and then I've been so tempted to get all the hardcovers, but I just never haven't done that. So. Hardcovers are really nice. Yeah. But what what he came out with for the mass market, and they sell in bookstores, uh, are, the, are the pocket books, which are little digest size sort of compendiums. And there's about five of them, and that takes you up to I think issue 73 of the current series. So that I think they're 15, 20 bucks a piece somewhere in there, which is going to be a lot cheaper than buying. 16, 17 trades at 20 bucks a piece. Yeah, they're great. They're a great deal. But if you do want to go the trade route, because the digest size ones are, they're kind of like Connor, they're the same size as the Runaways uh, right, trades. Right, 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 right. Um, so they're a little smaller. So if you want the full comic size, you know, go the trade route. But if you're just getting into the book, you know, it is ending, but it's kind of timeless. You can you can start whenever, you know. But um, pick pick up the first pocketbook or the first and second trade, because the first pocketbook has the first and second trade in it. Um, and after you finish reading that, if you're not hooked, then you're, you're, you don't have a pulse. You're a dead, dead, lifeless soul. Without, exactly. And without you love. No you have no romance. Why don't you say what you mean? That you have no romance, Connor. <laughs> I'm dead inside. Apparently. How did you? How far in the book did you get before you decided it wasn't for you? I read the first two, uh, the first trades. two trades. What are they called again? Um, Strangers in Paradise and I Dream, I of, Dream you. of You. Yeah. yeah, I read those two. It was all right. You weren't moved at all? In nah. two years? You just didn't have enough money to buy the rest of them, so you decided you didn't like it. Eh, like possibly. It. Yeah. <laughs> you un- un- will you read them again? Un- unemployment makes a cold, bitter man. It does. It yeah. makes you go, well, that book's not that good. That's not the only thing. Well, I'll make this deal with you guys. I will... Before this year is out, I will reread the first two trades. All right, and then I will reconsider my opinion if if it's changed at all. All right, good. All right, I think uh, that, that, I, that's all I can really ask for. Really, I can't argue okay. with that. So well, on I think, more books. I think we should switch from a pillar of the indie romance series to all the other way on the other side of the spectrum, an infinite crisis number four. Ah, uh-huh. 
I've got whiplash. Which is about as about as un Strangers in Paradise as you can get. Um so so I know Connor, you picked it up. I picked it up. I picked jo- it up. Josh, Josh. Did, you, did you get it? What do we all think I did? <laughs> you did not. Nope. I'm still like, hey, that identity crisis was good. It was good. <laughs> and so is this. This is Infinite Crisis is really quickly is the sequel to Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was the big um, continuity cleansing series that DC put out in 1985. DC had too many, too many characters. Earths. They had multiple, multiple Earths featuring multiple versions of each character in many cases, and it's just too confusing. So they decided to consolidate all into one world. You know, if that they, happened today, there'd be like web pages to be like, "Save Superman of Earth 4. Oh, yes, well, the GL corpse. The heat, heat, heat or whatever they are, yeah. Exactly. yeah that's still oh, around. definitely. No. Oh yeah, they're still around. They're crazy. Why would oh, you be around? They won. I, they're probably celebrating. They're having Green Lantern parties at your local Hooters. I can anyway, do one of those. <laughs> How's the chicken breast? Anyway, um, <laughs> so um, in in that in Crisis on Infinite Earths, they um, most of the heroes from the Silver Age got killed, wiped out. Um, a few of them survived. They went to this heaven type existence that was never really explained. Superman of Earth 2, Lois Lane, Superboy, and Alexander Luthor. Those people have been revealed in Infinite Crisis. Um, They've been watching the DC Universe since then, and they're not happy, so they found a way back in to the existence, and now they're trying to remake the Silver Age. So what happened? They don't like all the moral ambiguity. They don't like the fact that everybody's not happy to go look. They they don't like the grim and gritty comic book? Exactly. So, So they hate Frank Miller. They hate and, Frank Miller. Oh. And David Blatham. So, <laughs> in, this ish, in this issue, Superboy... Uh, Superman Superman is sort of... He doesn't know what's really going on here, which is that Alexander Luthor and Superboy are trying to, like, militantly take back this world. Well, because Lois is dying, and he's... Lois is dying, so he's preoccupied. The reason why he wants to return the world is if they've, they have convinced Superman if, if they can bring back Earth 2, Lois will live. And he so, can hang out with Superboy his escapes... Lewis. Right, Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> Lewis. Um, his, 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 his pen pal, Lewis. Right. Lewis! Uh, <laughs> Superboy escapes from their, their sanctuary and um, confronts this other Superboy, the, the one in the DCU, who he feels is a poser. And, has, and, 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 and honestly, step, honestly, step back, and he's right. No, he is. He's yeah. right. Okay. Um, this poser with his little leather jacket? He, he fights in jeans. Yeah, and, and a black t-shirt. Ooh. Let's be real. So, and, a, and a George Clooney haircut. Yeah. Which is which is at least better than the floppy one he had. Anyway, and his name is Connor. Well, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, he spells it differently, though. There's two Connors in the DC, anyway. All right, so... All right. I like the other one. Yeah, um, yeah, so do I. He's probably dead. Uh, moving on. <laughs> you don't know? I, I think he... Well, it's he, hard he to keep track. Dead. There are a lot of people in this book. It's... So... Superboy has ends up having a ta- temper tantrum when things don't go well, and this is this is the really interesting thing because there's a lot of teenage superheroes. You very rarely see them act like teenagers and have temper tantrums because a temper tantrum with superpowers is a scary thing. He ends up fighting almost all of the second string titans at the same time and kills a whole lot of them. In like, rather like bloodily, bloodily rips off arms. <laughs> Cuts people in half with his heat vision. He punches somebody in the head. The head explodes. Yeah, the cat girl, whatever she is. It was really shocking because you weren't expecting it. So that was. I I was a little shocked by the violence. It was like the ultra violence almost. Yeah. And then that was the one thing. The thing that uh, is of interest to Josh. Clockwork Orange. Is Gotham Central 
is invaded by Infinite Crisis in this comic. Um, anybody who knows, we love Gotham Central, and talked about how there was a shocking plot twist a couple issues ago, and that plot twist we can now reveal is that one of the main characters was shot and killed. We're not going to uh, say who, but right. if you're reading the book, then you'll know. If not, then uh, you're missing out. And in this issue, we see him on the morgue table, uh, and then we see that he's been possessed by the spirit of the specter. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Which, I don't know how you feel about that. Boo! The boo and boo. Yeah. It didn't need to happen. Like, it was kind of interesting when it happened to Hal Jordan, but I mean, Gotham Central exists in this nice little area that, to me, it feels like it should be outside the the flotsam and jetsam of that crisis DC bullcrap. Except when Batman shows up. Batman only shows up every once in a while, and they don't like it. He showed it. up a lot in the two trades I read. But that was the beginning when they trying to market the book. He's barely, he's barely been in it since. Yeah. They use his villains, and they live in his world, but it's not about him. I read this these two pages, and I thought, ooh, he's not going to like that. I don't like that at all. Really? Yeah, really. Well, now the question is, do you think they're going to carry on that storyline in Gotham Central, or are they going to carry... Like, there's only like two issues left. Right, it? so they're going to carry it on they could carry it on in the Spectre book, or whatever. I don't know. You know? I don't think well, we'll see how that goes. That. We'll, we'll find out if that's permanent or not. But the thing that is permanent, the other shocking event, which completely flew in under the radar for the most part, is that Wally West is apparently dead now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Me like Flash Uh-oh. 3. Uh. Wally West, um... In the original Crisis of Infinite Earths, Barry Allen, the previous Flash, he died saving the, trying to save the universe. And this, it all comes full circle when Wally dies trying to save the universe. Ugh. And then a neat little twist, um, those, th- that sequence in this issue was drawn by George Perez, who drew Crisis of Infinite Earths. Which is neat. That was a nice little neat little nod, and they get the old coup Did they announce to... it? Were they just like, this page drawn by George Perez? Or no, well, no, no. The, 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 the different, there's, there's different stuff going on in the book, and sections are drawn by different artists. And they kept, I, I did notice they were consistent with who was drawing what section. Yes. Um, which is pretty cool. But, um, but you see, the, the, my problem with the, with the Wally West, the dying, is well, that... Well, also, this ties into another thing you're angry about this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, yeah, basically, this is how I found out that he died this week, in that... I I picked up both Infinite Crisis number four and Flash number two thirty came out, and I read um, Flash two thirty before I read Infinite Crisis. Now, if you've been reading the Flash ever since Jeff Johns left, it's been a shadow of its former self. I mean, it's been you know almost drop worthy if for some reason I can't couldn't drop. Well, because you're you, you're not a, yeah. you're not at all a DC guy, but you love the Flash. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And when I started reading DC comics in the late nineties, uh, mid to late nineties, right when the Hal Jordan went crazy story arc, that's what got me into DC. I started reading Green Lantern, and then I and then actually I remember I bought a um, a a pack of like six comics from Toys R Us that were like as a collection. Mm-hmm. And they were back issues, and they weren't in any order, but they were all the Green Lantern Flash team-up issues. Mm-hmm. And something really struck me about the Flash, and so I, I went out and started buying Flash books. And it was right around the time that um, Wade was writing the Flash, and I picked up all those trades. Which and, is a great, great, great. Uh, yeah, and I started reading the book, and it was just it was great. And something you know, I and I not only not only did I get an affinity for the character of the Flash, but I got an affinity for this particular Flash of Wally West. Um, something about him that just I liked. Um, like I don't know why I like Cyclops, but I like Cyclops. So um, party's more... over, people. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> Can the snappy banter? Um, anyway, but um... I'm so sad. So uh... <laughs> Captain No Fun is in the house. <laughs> All right, enough Cyclops flashing. So um, so I'm reading the Flash, and, and ever since Sean's left, Joey Cavallari, who's been on, has been writing it. Who I last remember writing a comic book in 1992. 
Um, and it's just been this weird, bad storyline with Vandal, about Vandal Savage, Savage and, and just cult, like, and it was stupid. And you get to the last page, and it finishes the story arc, but it also kind of is at a real kind of final. It was a final page. It was kind yeah. of one of those, you know, like, you know, credits roll. We're closing shop. And he's not the, being the Flash anymore. At the end of it, yeah, he stopped being the Flash, and he's gonna raise his kids, and 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 Jay Garrick is there scratching his head, and <laughs> and Bart is there looking eager, and you know, and and uh, Lind- that seems in character. And Linda's there, not looking Asian, and, and um, wearing a, like oh, almost a bra. Yeah, I know it's very inappropriate for a new mother. She <laughs> looks the anyway, but um, easy access. Um, it's gotta eat <laughs> anyway. So um, and at the end of at the end, the very bottom of the page, it says the end. And it says, you can follow Wally and family into Infinite Crisis number four, and we'll see you back here in a few months for all-new Flash number one. Thanks to all the readers and creators for a great 19-year run. So with, I guess... I know. So I guess next, so they're going to do um, Flash number 231, which is the last issue of this run, and then they're going to shut it down and start a new volume at number one, which just pisses me off because I hate when they launch number ones, especially with books that, you know, I find if a book's in the 20s and it's floundering and you want to restart it with a number one, that's fine. But like, you know, 20, almost 20 years of a volume, that's a lot, yeah, that's, that's a foundation that volume, to build on. Before you know? that, volume two was from the 60s to the 80s, or the 50s to the 80s. Yeah. yeah. This isn't even a new, this isn't, doesn't even go back to the beginning of it. Yeah. At first, I agreed with you, but then I thought about it, and um, you're not right. <laughs> why, am I, <laughs> why am I not right? Because this is this is what they did with, with when Barry died. When Barry died in Crisis, he he you know he was at 240 plus issues, and he had been going since the 60s, and and he died, so it was time to start over. Start over. And if there was the internet, then people would have bitched about it. Exactly. Yeah. But this is what you do. Well, uh, Barry dies. Wally takes over. New new book. New number one. Wally dies. Uh, uh, Bart Bart presumably takes over, and there's a new number one. That's just, I mean, it's it, it sucks on a you know on a, on a one one level, but it, it's it's not without historical precedent. It's also yeah. not like there's been any shortage of Barry. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, you do you guys do have a point, and admittedly, you know, like I I'm gonna pick up number one, and I'll probably like Bart as the new Flash, Bart Allen as the new Flash, and, Bart. And um, you know, and 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 like Josh said, you know, I'm sure Wally will be back 19 times in the next five years, like they brought back Barry a million times. But um, it just it just it just, <laughs> just show up in the treadmill, hey. Yeah, exactly. It just it just makes me a little sad. That's all. So, you know, it's you know, it's it's a, one of my favorite characters, and now he's going away. Ring ring, hello. Yeah, it's Ron. I'm I'm not gonna be able to come in this week. <laughs> Wally, I I can't talk about it. Um. But in a few months, the regular issue's going to come out. I don't know what happened then, but I guess until then, I'll, I'll be at home if you need me, but... No, it's fine. Thanks. Click. <laughs> I put the Smiths back on, and then I just kind of, you know, get back in bed and just kind of... <laughs> please, please let me get what I want. With your flash shirt on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm wearing... It's uh, just encrusted with filth, because you won't bathe or change. I, I nail polished all my fingernails black again. Hey, Ron, do you want to go for a run? No, it's too painful. <laughs> Close the shades! <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah, well, so I'll be sad. But whatever. Carry on, I guess. Meh. So was there anything else of note, else of note this week? I well, had a like, lot of books. I spent $50 this week. I had a lot of books, too, but I had my store discount, so I didn't spend a lot of money. Oh, I had my store discount as well, but I still spent 50 Jesus. I guess, Did yeah, you I buy got, all hardcovers? 
No, I, mean, I bought multiple a lot of, copies. I bought a lot of books. Apparently, actually, a lot of the smaller indie books that I They're more expensive. Uh, no, no, it was just the kid that came out. Um, well, he he thinks indie books are more more expensive, aren't they? <laughs> Ripping you off those black and white bastards. No, well, well, well I'm just trying to figure out how you spent fifty bucks when we we bought almost the same amount of books. No, we I bought more. I, I ended up buying books at the store that I didn't see on the shipping list. How many in total would you say? Sixteen books in total. Jeebus. Sixteen. I think I had twelve or eleven. Yeah, and the thing was, there were a bunch of books that I did, that I didn't account for, you know. So, um, but actually, if I had the, um, I thought I, just before I got on the indie books, I thought the uh, kind of a lower tier Marvel book, a Runaways number twelve, was actually back to Runaways form. It has been pretty. Uh, it had been lagging recently, and I thought it was pretty good. It, um, you know, it was. It was a nice ending to that storyline. Yeah, and and I thought, and I do, and I, I want to nominate the the best kind of two pages were in the beginning with when Wolverine and Captain America and Iron Man confront the little Bruiser girl, and she lay, <laughs> she lays out Wolverine, and he goes sliding out into the street, and he's in the exact same pose as he was like in the X Men movie when he goes flying through the windshield. Yeah, he <laughs> <It> was <laughs> exactly the same. It was pretty good. And I'm you know, happy. I'm happy to hear the book is good because I'm I'm following it only in trades and. I thought the first volume was excellent, and the first trade of the second volume I thought was kind of eh. Yeah, and this this has been way eh, but um, it's it's getting a little better. Yeah. Um, one one, eh. one thing that I like about it that I just kind of noticed in the art is just the subtle touches. Like it's in they're in New York in the winter and it's snowing, but in every shot where they're outside, they're little actual unique snowflake, like you know, like the pretty prismy snowflakes, kind of overlaid over the art, mm-hmm. which is a nice little touch actually. So. I, I like the art in that book. Yeah, the art has been good. So. Yeah. Josh, did you pick up Planetary? Nope. I don't do him. <laughs> don't do who? I don't. I don't do Warren Ellis. I don't do dudes. And why? Why don't you do Warren Ellis? Prick. <laughs> He's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, he is, but. <laughs> um... Well, he was—he's—he was a mean man on the on the internet. All right, all right. Well, we need to move on from this. You need to let go. I'm never letting go. But the other thing is, honestly, I love—I love Transmetropolitan. It is one of my favorite series, um, and I think that that is what he can do. That is—that is the—that is the best that he can do. And I think that since then, a lot of stuff that I really feel has been phoning in, where he'll just think of his big concept, and he's good at that. And then you'll get these pages with three big panels, and somebody's head explodes, and somebody says "fucker cunt," and and that's it. And that's all that he's got now. And it just – it doesn't and, – and, and his the schedule is ridiculous. That's yeah. the biggest problem with this book is is who the hell knows what's going on anymore. Yeah, I mean th- exactly. I mean like if, like um, Noble Causes – Simply because it takes so long to come out, not because it's confusing. Yeah, like Noble Causes came out, which is a great book by Image, which I like, which is kind of you know like superhero soap opera kind of thing. But I don't remember when the last one came out. I've got to rack my brain to remember what happened in the last issue and – you know, when you're reading 16 books every, you know, every week, it's hard to keep track. You know, this this is killing comics. This this, and I was thinking about it on the way home. And this kind of this, I agree with you, Connor. It really bothers me because I think the entire model as it exists now, with the solicitations and previews and advance notice, completely, like you said, is killing comics. Because the pro, like 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 this issue of Noble Causes, I just noticed that the cover, the guy dated the cover, the artist, mm-hmm. and the date is seven twenty one oh five. So this cover has been drawn since July, okay? And the thing is, is and it's not one of those Marvel generic covers that can go on any issue no matter what right. happens. Like, like the, co- the cover has to do with the story, which never so happens it's been anymore. around since July. Yeah, it's been around since July. And what bothers me about it is that, like, there's no more... 
there are no more secrets. Like the Wally West thing. Like, yes, I was surprised only because I didn't know it was happening this week, but I knew Wally West was dying because we read about it on Newsarama and on CBR three months ago. True. And it's it, and it, it the, and you know it just gets to me that like I try to imagine like you know I'll use the X Men as an example, but Dark Phoenix Saga, if if it, in 1980 we, they had the same models we did now, everyone would know that 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 Jean Grey died in that book before it even happened. Well, in right. the direct market, we got our fingers deeper in it than most do with previews and things like that. It's not and like it doesn't work yeah. like that anywhere else. We we, yeah. we see what the we see pretty much what the retailers are meant to see. Yeah, and we're not, that, that's it, the it, problem. Is it has to be that way because of the way that the the, the economic system is set up, because of yeah, the marketing but, and everything. But what well, hap- then the other thing that happens is that when a b- big event book comes out, they promote it three months ahead of time. True. And so you know, like if you have a story in the New York Times because Wonder Woman is getting a a, a, a pregnant, job or whatever, yeah. I almost said something much more horrible. Yeah, um, you could tell. you like job. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gonna defend. We need, um, a, we need a dump button. <laughs> no, but there's like this big story. They'll be like, so and so, this is happening in a book, and it'll get major press coverage. And they're like, oh great, when's it coming out? Oh, July 2008. Right, and and like oh. like like for like great great example is that you you have right now. I'm hearing, I'm reading all online and reading in in previews and whatnot. All this about the Marvel Civil War, which is the next big Marvel storyline thing, which isn't going to be till this summer. Okay, That's dumb. and it's like, and exactly, they're building excitement, right? No, no. And what's <laughs> funny is that when you think when you think about also with that model, and you think about stuff that came out recently, Identity Crisis, which was the biggest, probably the biggest event that's happened in comics in the, in, in a long time. Like it yes. was, it was a huge deal, and press about that book. Tons came, of mainstream, right? But the press about that book came out the week the book came out. And that week, the the first book came out. All that press, the New York Times and the Today Show or whatever else they got coverage on. Four people that I work with, that, that I work at a, a very big office with. Not I'm not I'm in a corporate environment. Not you know like I'm one of the few you know comic booky people there. Four people who I know do not read comics came up to me saying, "I heard about this. What's the deal with it?" And after me explaining it to them, either asking me where they can go buy the issue or giving me money to buy the issue for them. And then they, then they read it all the way through the series. Like I read that, right? But yeah. and I'm pretty much like a person who doesn't read comics. <laughs> but but the the point is is that because the marketing hit on the week that that the issue came out, it garnered excitement when it could actually be used. And I, I'm amazed that that the industry didn't learn from that. You know, like if I read another another New York Times article about Judd Winnick, you know, outing a character and then it not happening for four months later, it it, it it's kind of publicity without the follow through, right? You know. So, it doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. And plus, it, it really... unless the publicity is for the rawhide kid, and thank God no one saw that. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but the, the thing is, is that it, it it doesn't help because it really doesn't help their sales, except with us, and they continue to advertise in Wizard and in other books, and you know, preaching to the choir. But you're right. There are, there are just from a storytelling standpoint, not even from an exactly. economic standpoint. There's no secrets left. It's like uh, sneakers. No more secrets. <laughs> God, this is the second sneakers reference this week. <laughs> but but you know, it's true, though. I mean, with with three months lead time on solicitations, yeah, things things are revealed. Well, honestly, like when was the last time you were shocked by something that happened on a comic book? Aside from Identity Crisis, because that was shocking. That was you know because they kept it tight lipped and all. Uh, not not like a 
shocked by events, but not like uh, twists. Yeah, I like, mean, Wally like, dying wasn't like what you said. We knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like what I'm talking about is like you know, Vader is Luke's father. That right. Liam Neeson is Ra's al Ghul. Those kind of twists in comics used to uh-huh? happen. <laughs> 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 those kind, those kind of twists used to happen all the time. Uh, you know, other mediums are not that. Uh, I don't want to be harsh and say dumb because comics are stuck in this economic model. But if if we all knew the plot for for Lost three months down the road, we we wouldn't care to watch exactly the, the current episodes because there'd be no point. Exactly. So what's the point of knowing uh, half the stuff I know about what's going to happen in the one year later storyline now? The, right. You could the, you know you could avoid that by reading all that crappy comics news. Well, I, not, that's not that, <laughs> all that. Yeah, well. Right. I mean, that that was the point that I made. That you could just, you know, the media blackout. But the thing is, is that is that a part of it is that you want to like, like I think we're. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you know, you know, I only have so much time. I can only listen to so many comics podcasts and go to so many websites and stuff like that. But very few people are talking about the books the week they come out. It's always you know, ahead, ahead, looking ahead. Yeah, I mean, f- you know, all those other comic sites have already talked about Infinite Crisis number four. They're on fifty two. Or they're on Civil You're War. You're absolutely right. If you go to like Newsarama or the other big, the big, big, you know, mainstream comic discussion sites, you're going to get discussion for stuff that's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen well, in the summer. It's going to happen in the fall. It's going to happen in a month. You don't get. You hardly ever, unless it's a major, major, major event, get discussion for what's happening right now. Right. Well, the and, publishers make their money with this, with the, with the solicitation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because like my my challenge to a comic company would be to go dark and to. You know, not solicit with plots and not solicit with covers and just say, you know, here's the list of books we're putting out like they used to and bring back some of the magic in the week-to-week basis. But, of course, they're going to argue about marketing and numbers and diamonds, top charts, and, you know, and, and, and the direct market and all this kind of stuff, which I can't win in that argument. You can't. But, but, it, would but be, it would be nice to see a little, you know, kind of intrigue brought back to the industry. I can even remember this, the moment for me as a comic reader when, when that changed was when I started buying previews. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you knew what was going to happen. Well, that, that that's changed like, everything. Well, that's like I never I never knew previews existed until until we were in college and the comic book store in Ithaca used to give it to you if you spent enough money. <laughs> oh, really? I used to. This is I go back to junior high schools when I was when I started buying previews. Oh yeah, no, no, I never bought it. You've been buying previews since then. It, it, no, no, I bought it for, for a few years in the time oh. until I stopped. And I remember I remember when they gave me a copy of previews. First off, I couldn't believe that people paid for it. Like talk about the biggest scam in comics. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And and number two, it, it, I was just like, oh wow, this is cool. Look, it's like a catalog of all the comics coming out. And then like a couple of months go by, I was like, it's telling me everything that's gonna happen. Right. It was like right. It was right around when Gambit was the traitor was revealed as that traitor in the X Men. I don't know if you remember. In the mid '90s, there was this nah. big bishop. It's like came back. the sports almanac from Back to the Future. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but reversed. So I was like, I don't so, think you were, you were in college and able to discern that I was, you know, right. Eleven, and like this is cool. I get to know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. But, but I quickly realized that it was ruining for me, and I stopped taking it. And I haven't. I've never taken it ever since. I don't pre-order my comics. Um, I, you know, when I, I learn about comics, I learn about what they're coming out when when Connor puts them up on our site. Exactly. Me too. That's he's exactly my use, he's my most useful person on the web. So and I, I would bet that if you You're got welcome. if you got my store, the guys who run my store on the phone, they would say, "Man, I wish Ron would pre-order comics because when he bitches and moans that there's not enough copies of Defenders Number One, they would <laughs> they could have had one for me." But at the same time, I walked into the store this week and he handed me a copy of Little Star Number Six because he knows that I get that book. Like, that's how it should work, you know? Like so. Well, my uh, my store offers a greater discount if you pre-order. Oh, they, a lot of stores do. A lot of stores, that's the contingent of getting the discount. Because they have to guarantee their sale. Yep. They do that by getting you to pre-order. Which is such a backwards mentality. Yeah. Uh, well, so. it, it's, it is working with the audience they're given, though. 
Yeah, exactly. Like but it also leads to walk in. Does, or, does it, or, do you think it leads to less buying if you're gonna go in there, pick up your pre-ordered stack, and then leave? Yeah, you don't look around. You don't look around. Like I look at every book that comes out every week to to make a judgment call if it looks interesting enough to pick up. I mean, I'm looking for new books to read. And he buys anything Michael Turner draws. No, I don't. I've never bought anything <laughs> Michael Turner. Except for when he did this cover to The Flash. You know, what's funny is that the, like, I, th- I think I saw like the other day on a shipping list like Fathom 8. Yeah. And I remember buying Fathom 1 back in 1999. <laughs> it's like, boy, you that's... bought Fathom number 1? I think Jesus I did. Christ. Oh, wow. No, well, I've changed since then. Right. <laughs> I think at that point, like it was right when I was sort of starting to buy my own books, and I was like, well, they're talking about this. You <laughs> buy my own books. <laughs> you have a butler doing. It? Yeah, I know. Your, your mom stopped buying your books for you, or what? <laughs> I was I was starting to like get outside of the things that I was used to, and I was trying to find new things, like Strangers in Paradise. Well, I didn't think I got to that till later, but yeah, exactly. Jesus, <laughs> so, no, but I was I like, throw well, you I'm... a little rope there, and you hang yourself. <laughs> no, it took me a while. I bought a lot of crap in between there. Right. You know? right. I bought Battle Chasers. <laughs> I bought Battle Chasers too. I'm sorry. Well, Midori is from he's from Long Island, so I had to. So yeah. What does that mean? That means nothing. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Represent. You buy everything that John Romita Jr. does. Strong Island. Yes, I do. I like John Romita Jr. Romita Jr. Whatever. Strong oh, Island. Okay. Anyway. Oh God. <laughs> okay. On I think that we're note. out of time this week. Yeah. Unfortunately, I guess we ranted about the industry too much, so we don't have enough time to answer any of our listener mail. But we'll if, do that next week. Yeah, we will. But if if you want to um, write us and ask us a question, or get our opinion of something, or or make fun of us, yeah, or, or you know, just want to hear you, hear your name said on the podcast, email us at uh, contact at ifanboy dot com. Or if you want to hear something, a discussion topic, we'll, we'll you know, or, good, good, you we'll know come to the site and. Uh, and chat with us. Yeah, it's been it's been real. Like we said last week, it's been really active. We got you know we got a lot of people up there on the site and uh, get some good comics discussion going on. It's also, true. I know since you mentioned the site, I know there's there was some discussion. We were we had we were going to talk about Vertigo this week, but we we just don't have time. You're we'll not talk. off the hook, Richards. No, I don't think I am. I, I feel no, I feel like not I'm just, at all. I'm, I'm just waiting for that 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 call to go to the principal's office is going to come. So, God, so we'll get to you. it. We just don't have time this week. Yeah. Also. Um, in addition to the website, we also got the Frapper map, which everybody should check out and stick a pen in. Uh, show us where you are. We, we got people all over the globe now, which yeah, is pretty cool. Yeah, and we're up to 23 people, which is which is more uh, honestly more than I thought we'd ever get. So. Frapper.com <laughs> slash ifanboy. And that's F-R-A-P-P-R. the word. Tell your friends. Yeah, yeah, tell friends your friends about the, the podcast. Yeah. And, and to come by and, 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 and do that. and. Uh, Spread the word, the happy. comic shops and the uh, conventions and the, uh, you know. Yeah, we'll give, give a couple of shout-outs to our, to our newest Frapper folks, uh, Arlen in Las Vegas and Dirk in Columbia, Missouri, and Tim Young out in Tokyo. Dave Tokyo. Graham, Dave Graham in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. yeah, it's cool. So it's, 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 we've got a lot of people there. So, so. We, have the, uh, we have the Mississippi River area <laughs> covered. Pretty much covered. Yeah. I think we're having some problems with the, uh, with the Plains areas. Yeah, we talked we talked about that last week, Josh. It's good to have you back, by the way. We missed you <laughs> last week. Yeah, so. I'm glad to be back. I was chomping at the bit. Yeah, so we missed you. All right. Well, oh, everybody sorry. have a good week and enjoy your comics and and hopefully uh, you you're not too upset by Wally West's passing. Yeah, I have to go back to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna are you, are you gonna come out today? No, no, no. I didn't eat. He's he's still dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you went at work this week. Some of those some of those heat guys did that. <laughs> missed missed the whole nineties. <laughs>
the whole decade. I should totally start like the the, the Flash version of the Heat demanding Wally West ah! be brought back. You should. Call <laughs> oh, it friction. <laughs> Let me get what I want this time.